Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. Today I'm joined with Brian Krieger, who is an author, speaker, and nonprofit consultant. So stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone, to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. Thank you for tuning in to an episode of the podcast. This one today is all about nonprofit leadership and really just leadership in general. Brian Krieger's new book, The Courageous Ask, a proactive approach to prevent the fall of Christian nonprofit leaders is all that, which is a very intense, deep conversational topic, um, definitely not one of the lighter ones um, to have after the fact, but I think it's a little bit more palatable and um, a little more practical to start working and thinking about the proactive measures that you can take in, in your organization and as, a, and as a leader. Brian talks a lot about his story and why it was so impactful and, and what he learned uh, experientially. We look into uh, the Bible and we look at you know that the figures, the characters, these, these people uh, were all human. And you know, besides Jesus, they, they fell and, and, had, and a lot of them had, had challenges. We look into some of the some of the common traps that leaders fall into, um, but then how you know it is it does fall on the leader, but how other people and structures around the leader can help um, show their care and encouragement for the leader uh, in the midst of of pain, of challenge, of moral failure, um, and of course on on, uh, on the proactive side, how to encourage and prevent that from happening, and then we briefly touch on that restoration, that reconciliation process after the fact, after the fall. I'm encouraged and know that you will be as well. So here's my conversation with Brian. Brian, thanks for joining me and uh, spending some time here with the guys like us. All right, hey Tyler, thank you. thank you very much. I'm so glad to be here. I've listened to a bunch of your podcasts and, and I, just, I just love how real they are. So it's an honor to be here. Oh, certainly. Well, I'm glad you've enjoyed the, uh, the episodes. You know, you don't always hear from uh, with the podcast format. You don't always hear or get the feedback. And so it's um, it, moments like these are really, you know, really encouraging and motivating. So thank you. Oh, yeah. Keep it up. Keep it up. And so, you, you know, yeah. So I, I have your book here and um, kind of is a, is a good segue into perhaps a little bit more about your life story as well. So the courageous, a- the courageous ask, a proactive approach to prevent the fall of Christian nonprofit leaders um, congratulations first. I know hey, it's been quite you. endeavor. It's great to be there. And actually that, uh, you know, God did tremendous work in my life in many, many ways. And, and this book is just another example and mm-hmm. testimony to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I love how this book kind of takes you through a few different components, the proactive approach, but then also can kind of give you, um, you know, also when it does happen, how to, uh, what happens after the fall, what happens after, um, that you know, crisis moment or some type of failure happens. So I'd love just to take it back to your story and, and kind of introduce our audience a little bit on why this touches home for you, or you know, why the, what, what encouraged and inspired you to write this book. Um, well, um, you know, a little bit of my background. First of all, married, thirty-five years, two kids. They're both married, and we have three grandchildren. They're all local, so it's a, it's all good there, and. Um, but anyway, uh, I spent most of my years, actually, uh, my, my adult career running grocery stores, uh, managing grocery stores for a major chain. Mm-hmm. And um, several years ago, God 
called me, uh, just like anybody else's story, there's tons and tons of details, called me out of that to uh, uh, open a free clinic. Um, and really what we were looking for was some, some way to share the love of Christ with people, and we needed a vehicle. And, uh, of course, that's a whole nother podcast in that story. But because uh, it doesn't make any sense. And this is the, kind of the first step, I think, on our, on our journey here today is none, none of it made sense. I mean, I ran grocery stores for uh, 25 years, 20, 25 years at that time. And uh, what's that have to do with opening a free clinic? Uh, it really has nothing to do with it. So mm-hmm. uh, but I didn't realize it, but God had been preparing me over a lot of years for that exact thing. And it turned out that I knew all the right people and, mm-hmm. and through my working in grocery stores, you have a, I, you know, it's funny. I used to think of networking as kind of a hootie tootie elitist thing, but I didn't realize that I had been networking for over 20 years. <laughs> and uh, so I had the, the, the resources and the people in my pocket mm-hmm. to help do it. So, and of course I had God giving me the drive. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody thought I was crazy, but, you know, so this this miraculous thing happens, mm-hmm. and uh, we opened it up in 2000, uh, 2013 in January. So most of it occurred in 2012, but the opening date was the beginning of 2013. So um, it continued to grow, and I was board chair, I was president, I was executive director, I was all those leadership positions. That's, that's what happens when you're founding something. Um, so... Uh, you know, it, uh, it it continued to grow, and it was doing doing really, really well, and it still continues to do very, very well. I mean, right now, there's, I think uh, they're approaching, th- I'm not, I haven't been there in three or four years, but they, uh, they're approaching 3,500 patients in our city. I mean, I think it's 13 or 14,000 visits. I mean, it's, it's just growing and growing and growing. Mm-hmm. So uh, that tells me, honestly, that I, I know that it was a God thing, that it wasn't a Brian thing, which is always something you're battling the whole way through something like that. You just really want it to be God's thing. So anyway, um, it's going really well, but I'm starting to feel the pressures. Uh, you know, I have to raise a, an increased amount of money. Um, people are starting to put me on this pedestal, which, you know, <laughs> it's just what people do. I, I, I don't know how to explain it exactly. Um, people are saying things to me like I must be a visionary and I inspire them and all these things. And I don't say this in a braggadocious way. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying this is the way it, it happens. And it's uh, one, of, one of our flaws. But, uh, you know, and all of a sudden I'm in the newspaper on a consistent basis. And, and, you know, all of a sudden identity is lost. And, and, and now my identity is not Brian Krieger, it's our health clinic. And, and when people ask me how I was doing, um, I would respond in a way that would really say, how's the, as if they said, how's the health clinic doing? Because the identity had become intertwined Mm -hmm. and, um, it started to cause issues in my marriage. I mean, we were, we would go out to dinner and one of the things that, that my wife would complain about was uh, I'd always have to sit with my face towards the door so I could see everybody that came in, everybody that left. And these are temptations that the leaders deal with. I mean, they're struggles because I got to keep raising money. And, and I'm always looking over her shoulder trying to see, um, is there somebody in this place that, 
that I need to go shake their hands, somebody I got to go make conversation with, who are, who's going to be the next big influencer of our clinic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Again, and it's, a lot of it's related to money and this and that. So um, that started to isolate me. And I started mm -hmm. to, um, you know, in the beginning, I could, t I could sit here and tell you miracle after miracle after miracle that God, God performed right in front of me. Things mm -hmm. just totally didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. So I was super dependent on God. Um, throughout that because it was it was tough and humanly you're kind of scared mm -hmm. so um, anyway I, uh, I stopped listening to people mm -hmm. um, and all of a sudden this God that was um, providing every single thing I was totally dependent and reliable became this God that I sat in a corner that I would pull out whenever I needed something and that's I was all of a sudden becoming this my identity was lost and I was becoming this person that I didn't necessarily recognize so I became like like a lot of leaders like it happens I interviewed tons of people for the book mm -hmm. dozens mm -hmm. and I find that this is common they find feel find themselves isolated they find themselves lonely the pressure is just building up and and some of them deal with it well but I have to tell you most do not deal with it well. And there's usually comes a reckoning time to that. Mm -hmm. So uh, what happened, uh, Tyler, was I had a three-month emotional affair. And uh, that's that's where it ended. It didn't go into a major physical thing. But I fell. Bottom line, I fell. And, um, you know, it always came back. Uh, it comes back to, to me. I don't, I want to be very clear, uh, on, on your podcast that, you know, uh, leadership falls always come back to, uh, the feet of the leader themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, they might not realize it at the, at the time, but eventually it comes around and it, and it does. So what led me to write the book was something mm -hmm. that happened mm -hmm. when I told my board of directors what was going on. One of, and I, I went through and I told them the, as much detail as they needed to know. And a, a wise board member uh, who used to be a missionary, he's probably in his 60s, early 70s, mm -hmm. looks at me and says, Brian, what role did our organization play in what you just shared today? And I was stunned. I, I didn't even know what to say. And because I never even considered it. I mean, I just figured I just really messed up. And, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I, you know, I mean, when you think of all the pain that, it, that mm -hmm. was caused through the whole thing, I'm just, you know, there's nobody, nobody's responsible beyond me. So I couldn't even answer his question. So as I was kind of getting my life together over the next few years, I, uh, I, that question just never went away. I always took responsibility for it. That, that's really not the issue. But there are stumbling blocks in the life of a leader that can cause them to go down roads that, that, uh, you know, leave them as a shell of themselves. And again, always comes back to the leader, but there are stumbling blocks there. Mm -hmm. So this, this board member recognized that. And I just kept thinking about it and I just kept my relationships as many as I could with the, the other nonprofit leaders, you know, that were in our area. And I realized, my gosh, I'm not the only one that was dealing with all these stumbling blocks, these issues. Mm -hmm. The problem is we're not proactive about it. Hmm. Um, I mean, usually when a, when a, uh, a leadership fall happens, um, hmm. 
we look back on it and we go, we saw it coming. I mean, how many leadership falls happen that are truly a surprise? It's a very, we can always look back almost in years of things that were happening, mm-hmm. but, and this is where the, the title of the book, The Courageous Ass comes in. Either the, the leader themselves, they don't have the courage to ask themselves the right questions and then follow what they found, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or people see it happening and they either don't have the courage to confront it, which confrontation doesn't mean a big in your face discussion, hmm. but they, they, they don't either don't have the courage or they don't even know, or they don't know what to do. Hmm. So that's where the book came from. That's where the title came from. And I know that's a long story, but, uh, that really, um, mm-hmm. uh, is, is where the book came from. No, thank you, Brian. I know there's a lot of, um, there's a lot in a lot in that, and there's a lot of different kind of different you know little rivers I want to kind of stream oh, down right. here. So, yeah, right. yeah. So some, um, I, I think I think kind of picking up kind of a little bit where you were uh, where you were ending here is understanding maybe some signs that are going on in the organization or with the leader um, that kind of can uh, start to raise maybe some some flags of, or some bells rather of just oh let's let's pay attention to this. What, you know, in your experience with some, you know, speaking with other leaders and looking at other organizations, what have been a, um, some of those? And then I think the, the second part is how do you start to address those, as you said, without, you know, there's a, there's a, a way of, of addressing it in a, that, you know, I, I always think about, you know, if there's something going wrong, you don't want to raise too much flags and then everyone's up in arms and alarm right. and it causes right. more, it can, it might cause more you know, harm than good, but also not ignoring it. Right. And also right. starting to, to really take it seriously. So I think there's a two part uh, question there. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a couple of, I mean, every question you ask is a half hour podcast at minimum. <laughs> I know. <laughs> those, I know. Those are I know. big questions, yeah. but the, they are the absolute keys. Yeah. Um, one of the things I'll tell your listeners is, uh, I actually wrote a report on five indicators of, a. Mm. Uh, of a potential fall that you can find on my website. But, um, anyway, I'll just hit, I'll just hit a couple of them. You know what, what happens is a a leader, um, got there. There was a process. Okay. All their life experiences, education, um, uh, spiritual experiences, God's leading, they, a family, they got there some, some way. And what happens as I described my own story uh, to you is, all those things that got them there, the spiritual experiences, the family and everything, they become blurs in the peripheral vision of a leader. And all of a sudden priorities start to change. All of a sudden they're saying, no kids, I can't make it to your program because I got this donor meeting or, um, you know, just various things like that, or we're opening this new wing. So I, I've got to be there. Or it's something like um, the community foundations having a banquet. All of a sudden, your priorities shift dramatically. So that that is one of the major uh, indicators is the shift in priorities. I already talked about uh, the shifting in the identity. Yeah. All of a sudden, yeah. you know, sure, you're up at the podium as a leader and you're talking about all the great things that God is doing. But over time, some leaders will say, you know, yes, God, you've done tremendous things. But then Satan kind of jumps in there a little bit and says, ah, but Brian, you did found the place. 
you did answer god's calling it was you that raises it is you that raises all the money your name is on all the documents and all of a sudden this human pride starts to break in there it might not be you know you're still keeping your facade up you're still giving god all the credit but somewhere deep in our heart our humanness starts to take over and the pride that comes along with that uh takes over Mm. Um, and you, and you kind of, even, even if it's in your own heart and in your own mind, right. keeping the facade up, you start to take some of that credit and that that's where the relationship, that spiritual stuff that got you where you are starts mm-hmm. to fall by the wayside. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a, it's a major struggle. You stop listening to people. I already kind of mentioned that. I, I say you start to speed bump people. I mean, think about what a speed bump is. Speed bump is there to slow you down so the damage isn't done and to protect the people around that speed bump that may be walking across the street or whatever Hmm. parking lot. But if you continue and and, and we do this with people, somebody might approach you and say, Hey, Brian, I noticed this one thing that happened and you just justify it. We're good at that human beings, especially us men. And just, we justify it and we speed bump it. Well, we, what happens if you keep going over a speed bump fast too many times mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're causing damage you're causing damage to you your car the people around you so we speed bump people and these are all indicators that people can see and a lot of times they look back and go they can see these things but yet they didn't have the courage or didn't know what to do to, yeah. to proactively approach it so mm-hmm. you know there, there's a, a bunch of indicators I wrote a blog post. I write a blog post every week and send it to subscribers on Tuesday. And then Thursday, I put it up on social media. And uh, I wrote one the other the other week that uh, and I said I wrote the the key. I think the title I forget what the title was exactly, but the key to being proactive and stopping a leadership fall. I forget it was something like that. But you know what the key is? Do something. It doesn't, you don't have to solve all the problems. If you're a board member, a community member, a congregant, mm-hmm. a constituent, do something. Mm-hmm. It might just be a text. I, I Heck, just this past Sunday, my uh, our pastor just didn't seem like himself. And uh, I don't know. It was just something, a twinge that I got. I, I don't know. It's like God fed me something. So I went up to him and I said, hey, um, let's just call him Joe. Um, hey, Joe, what? Are you Okay. You doing all right this morning? And and I actually asked for his. I didn't for some reason I didn't have his cell phone number. And uh, I said, "Is everything okay?" He said, "Yeah, I just got a cold, and it's and it's kind of bogging me down." But you know, so think of all the messages that were sent there. Number one, I notice. Number two, I care. Number three, I I care enough to ask you about it. I got your cell phone number, so now I'm going to check back on you in the week. And I don't have to check back and say, hey, how's the cold, blah, blah, blah. I just got to say, hey, man, I'm praying for you this week. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to solve problems. You don't. And even after a leader falls, um, you mentioned this, mm-hmm. you don't have to solve their problems. You don't have to take their side. You don't have to uh, go too deep into it. But what you can do is just say, I care. And mm-hmm. you can do that multiple ways. It might be a card. It might be an email. It might be a text. You don't have to get involved in all that's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I Some love people, that. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about relationship. But anyway, I, that's really encouraging. And I think a lot of listeners will be encouraged in that. Yeah. We find ourselves and, 
you know, I, I think we're, we always don't know what to do. Do I leave this person alone and, you know, not bother them? Do I, you know, do I, or do I extend a loving hand as, as you know, as Christ would and say, you know what, hey, I, I, I care about you. And I think that's a great way of, of doing that. So I'm going to certainly kind of, or just to do something. I think that's a real, real encouragement okay. as well. Just, just do something. And, and it's yeah. like, uh, like I keep saying, it all, ultimately it comes back to the leader. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's easy to say, I see that leader falling. That's their problem. Whoa, 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 whoa. As a Christian brother and sister, you have a responsibility. And, and at minimum, right. Right. tell that leader, you care. Right. So, right. Yes. That fall comes back on the leader, but you have got to take your responsibility right. seriously yourself. Mm-hmm. Precisely. Um, yeah, no, and, and so I, I was encouraged in reading, you know, the, in the book, you mentioned, you know, superhuman and human, and we are only human. Um, and so, and we yeah, look, there's no, there's no super without the human. Right, right. And, um, and so when we look in the Bible too, I mean, we look at a lot of, you know, amazing, great figures, characters, and um, they had their problems. They certainly had their problems looking in the Old Testament into the New Testament. Um, and so, yes, they too are, you know, inspired by the Holy Spirit, but are human. And um, I, I think it's an, it, you know, it's a reminder for us to kind of look at the reality that we are going to make mistakes and that each one of us is is capable of, of, of doing that as well. Can you speak to a little bit about kind of uh, perhaps, yeah, that that element of, I think oftentimes we say, oh, no, I, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. That's not going to be me. Um, but always kind of keeping that, that on guardness almost or, and just reminding ourselves that, you know what, we, we mess up, we're human, we, uh, we, we're, we, this could, this, you know, we're capable of doing these things. Oh yeah. I mean, the first, uh, or second chapter of the book is, is could this happen to us? Right. And of course I go down through a number of examples of mm-hmm. people that, um, we thought that there's no way they're so far above reproach, um, that it can't happen, but that's one of the biggest dangers is thinking your leader is so far above reproach and they're not human. And yes, you've seen God do superhuman things in, in this person's life, supernatural things, right. but that doesn't take away their humanness. And, and, and again, um, yeah. we continue to look back and see these things happen. Yes, it can happen to you. And any leader that is so deluded that they don't think it can, or a board of directors that thinks it can't happen in their organization, you need to stop and check yeah. again. So I, I know right. uh, in my own life, you know, some of those hedges of protection at that time, they, they were falling down. And, yeah. and even, you know, the people around us, <clears throat> think about this, and this is this is kind of, I'm addressing the, the board and, and all the people around the leader. Yeah. They have put that leader on a pedestal and now they're wearing blinders. Yeah. And, and they're, they're, they're figuring, hey, you know what, God, we have witnessed God do all these supernatural things in this leader's life. Yes, I see this little thing happening, or maybe they're taking a little too much credit, or, or man, they were kind of flippant with that person, weren't they? You can see these things, oh, but God's got that. God's mm-hmm. got that, as if they don't have a responsibility. Yeah. Well, you do. again, it comes back to the leader, but you've got that responsibility. There's, there's just no question, but I think like a board of directors, how many, I don't, I don't know if you've ever sat on a board of directors, but I've sat on dozens now and, and so many boards think that the the personal life of their leader is off limits. 
Mm-hmm. And and this is one of the, the larger problems, especially in a Christian organization. You cannot say that. You cannot think that. But yeah. it's easier. It's so much easier because let's evaluate our leader based on the job description, on key performance indicators. All those things are black and white, right, wrong, success, not success. But when you get into the into the the personal life, it gets sticky. Yeah. And nobody likes to live in the sticky or address the sticky. But yet, Tyler, where do most, what is the source of most leadership falls? It's, it's in the relationship. Yeah, it's in the personal. Or, yeah. It's, it's in the personal life. And, and to that, I address uh, boards, you know, in this way, especially Christian nonprofit boards. Hmm. Hey, when you hired your leader, you looked at their resume and you looked at, say, 20 resumes. You picked out four or five people that you thought had the qualities according to that piece of paper or those pieces of paper. Yeah. And you brought them in for interviews. Why? Why did you bring them in for an interview? Hmm. Why, if, if you're not going to deal with a personal life, why do you even bring them in? You brought them in to, to see if they have the character and the, and, the, and the quality of person, if their spiritual life, you've asked them about their spiritual life, you've asked them about their family life, you've yeah. asked them about their kids, you've asked them, you want to make sure that they can create the culture and are in the organization that you desire and if they are solid enough to lead your organization. Yeah. Yep. Tyler, they are all personal uh, issues. They are mm-hmm. not business. So why do we stop looking at that when the leader is then hired? It's a great point. It's a very great point. Yeah. Any? No, it's this it, is a lot. This is resonating a lot with me. I, I'm an executive director for a nonprofit myself, and so I, I I love the component of you know for nonprofit having a board, the board of directors and the importance of that relationship between the oh. board between the board and the and my, you know the executive director or you know the other kind of leadership team. That is going to be there, and the accountability, and, and just the, that how, and I love that. I think a lot of leaders is going to resonate. A lot of your time is spent in relationships, dealing with relationship challenges, or you know, encouraging good relationships and helping to helping those grow. You know, furthering other leaders. Leadership is leadership training is relationships, building relationships, exactly. and so really love that perspective um, and the importance of that. I think kind of kind of coming to the other end of this, right, is, um, as you said, it comes back to the leader. And so after, um, whether it's a, maybe a, you know, mismanagement financially or a moral failure or whatever kind of a slew of that, whatever that fall looks like, what is that process of restoration and reconciliation and just really um, in that, that real sorrowful, challenging time for the leader and for a lot of the people around the leader as well? Can you break down? I know you talk a little about it, a little bit in your book. Would you mind just maybe giving us a primer into uh, into that side of the um, uh, yeah. of it as well? Well, um, just to let you know that uh, that uh, that last chapter, uh, well, it was the second to last chapter about after the fall, is now developing into my second book. And because in this book, I wanted to talk about being proactive. Yep. yep. Well, <laughs> you know, I want to be proactive, but you you cannot do that, especially with leadership falls without addressing the elephant in the room that, yes, it's going to happen. Um, sure. We're human beings. 
So I, I cut a lot out actually through the editing process and it's now forming the second book. But uh, you know, a leader, and, and it's going to depend on what the yeah. fall, what, what what was the fall about? I mean, right. was it an affair? Was it a financial mismanagement? Was it the way they were treating their staff? Was it uh, arrogance? Was it? I mean, it could be a lot of different things. But uh, you know, in in my opinion, um, the leader, many times when a, when a fall occurs, a leader can go one of two ways. They can continue to rebel. Um, and they can continue down that path. And again, it depends on what that fall was. Or, you know, they reach hmm. that bottom. Sometimes mm-hmm. they haven't reached that bottom. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. I say in the book, um, you know, the collateral damage that's going to be done and the damage that's done to that leader after the fall is going to depend on when they give up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and when they give up isn't like... Um, isn't like uh, giving up whatever they've done because many times it, it always starts in, in our head and in our hearts. Mm. So when, when are they giving, when are they going to stop justifying what they did? And I did these things, by the way. So mm-hmm. I, I speak from experience. Mm-hmm. Um, when are you going to stop justifying it? But really, when are you going to give up and let God take care of it? When are you going to stop? Uh, and it sounds like I'm ripping on the, the leader right now, but but that is the absolute key. So. Number one, recognizing that the leader's responsibility still is the a number one thing. But as in my case, I remained deluded for a period of time after this fall. Yeah. While I knew what I did was wrong, I, I, I just could not get my head. I always went to church. I mean, yeah. it, it never stopped. And I so arrogantly was giving God the opportunity to do something supernatural in my life. This, is, this was my thinking. Yeah. As if I'm giving him permission to do something, um, but that that was my thinking. So I remain deluded. So <laughs> I I also say that the key in that is what about the people around that leader? Uh, think about the fact that as as a leader, as a founder of a successful, um, measured on various various ways, um, just in the the, the Christian impact. Uh, of the hearts of the clinic, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. so successful, but uh, I I had a tremendous network, but I had a tremendous amount of people that that I thought I was friends with. Yeah. Well, when something like because I had a lot of influence, at least perceived uh, in in my area because of this, you know, I had tons of friends. But the moment you fall, it's like turning on the light and the ro- and the roaches scatter. All of a sudden, yeah. you have no friends. You have very few people that are standing with you. Yeah. So to me, one of the biggest, biggest, biggest keys is um, how do the people around you react? Yeah. And 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 I, we have to remember as Christians that our goal is to reconcile, to restore, restore that leader. Sure, a board is the entity. The board has to make tough decisions. The people around have to, you know, watch the things they're doing and what they're saying. And, but the fact is, you know, they have to show that they care and have to have a focus on restoration. Yeah. Sometimes that restoration to a deluded leader is starts with just reaching out and saying, I care about you. I, yeah. I might not agree with the things you did and this and that, but I'm not going to allow that yeah. to, to take away my desire for restoration and reconciliation with you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I saw a couple of people that did it very well in my life that stuck with me and continued to point me who I am 
point me to who I am in Christ. Mm -hmm. I had a group, uh, I go through this in the book, I had a group of legalists that kept sending me scriptures and kind of like take two of these and call me in the morning, but I don't want to get in your muck with you. But it was Mm -hmm. the people that were willing to walk along with me to confront me on the things, uh, the parts of my delusion, but they were willing to get down in the muck with me. And I'm telling you, that was the absolute key. And I could go on and on in my own story, but... But those are some some things that um, remember. It's it's about our relationship with Christ. That's where we got to we got to continue to remember that exact thing. And that leader might have done something that is completely repulsive to you. Mm-hmm. But that's not what it's about, is it? Right. It's about glorifying the Lord and restoring that person. Yeah. That doesn't mean you take their side and. Right. That's not what it means. Yeah, I like I like that distinction. Doesn't always mean you take their side, and I think that's important because I think sometimes we say, "Oh, if I'm with this person, that means you take their side." I don't. And what are other people going to think if I go to lunch with them? Right. Things things like that. Look, it's not about that. Right. And 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 it's funny. I I, this reminded me of I mean Peter and Jesus is on trial, and what does Peter do? (laughs) Denies him. Right. It's like once things go wrong, you know. Once he's on trial for something, jumping ship. Oh, I'm not. A, I'm not with him. <laughs> and, That's right. And it, it really reminds us that that is who we are as people. I mean, it's it is deep within us. And so, um, a reminder though, and I, I love that how you know being with somebody, caring for them, doesn't always mean you agree with them. Um, and so, I hope for the listeners here that that's an encouragement to continue to you know to. To help those in, in when they're in the kind of in the pits or in the in the darkness, um, and help them, you know, show them where the light is and who the light is, and so it's all it's a great encouragement. Yeah, I try to remember what uh, Dr. Brian Chappelle said. You know, uh, God in His Word tarnished every single person character in the Bible in some way, except for one, and we got to remember that. And uh, uh, you know, in the New Testament, God Jesus always always saw it to restore those people yeah every, every single time there's not one you can find yeah. that, that he didn't attempt to to restore and if we're living that example if we're being the mm-hmm. ambassador that's right that's right you know we should be doing the same thing Absolutely. but it's hard we're, yeah. we're human too i also say in the book about the leader also has to provide the, the grace and mercy to the people around them yeah. that they are expecting so it goes both ways it's a good point very good point. Well, really, uh, I really want to thank you for spending some time here with me today. Um, and, and just, I, I'm in, I'm excited for kind of the digging for listeners to dig a little bit deeper into this book and to um, stay plugged in and to you know to be proactive. Um, part of that is picking up a book. Part of that is again just continuing to pray for guidance in your leadership um, and and be, you know and, and being practical and. Um, reaching out and keeping good relationships with those people that matter most to you and that and also who care about you so brian thanks so much um and it's gonna enjoy having you on yeah thank you so much tyler i feel like we could go on for a couple hours likewise i know likewise i know i know yeah Yeah, it's good stuff but thank you so much i look so forward i've looked so forward to Mm -hmm. the uh, being on your program so thank you thank you